Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets, where we dive deep into the tactics and strategies that make marketing click. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford, and we're in for a very, very exciting treat. Uh, today, we're joined by an absolute, what I quote unquote, call him internet gangster, a man who's transformed businesses uh, with his marketing wizardry. Carmen Mastapero. Carmen is a self-grown marketer and business coach and a senior advertising manager for a 300 plus person agency driving millions and millions and millions of dollars through innovative advertising. We have been friends for a long time and let me tell you, when I'm in need of marketing help, I call this guy. His wisdom in SEO and his inspiring work ethic, especially in the gym, have pushed me to aim higher and higher. And now he's here to help all of us in this episode, we're going to be exploring topics such as media buying strategies, the art of building a six-figure side business, and we're going to delve deep into Carmen's personal development and holistic approach to success, uncovering how he incorporates mindfulness relationships, time management to achieve his goals, from successful media buying campaigns to transforming copywriting online education businesses, coaching and courses, Carmine has been there and done that. His story, his strategies, and his insights are something that you don't wanna miss. So buckle up and get ready to learn from the master himself. If you're looking to take your business to the next level or you just wanna be inspired by someone who has successfully scaled the marketing ladder, you're in the right place. Without further ado, Let's go. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Uh, we have Carmen Mastapero with us today. He is absolute internet gangster. That's what I call him. We've actually been friends for a very long time. And I just want to preface this a little bit. When I need help with marketing, guess who I call? I call this man right here. Uh, his knowledge with SEO and just a general inspiration. The way this guy hits the gym has got me wanting to work out, man. Like, I, and I'm not trying to pump him up, but I want to make sure that you listen and pay attention to what we're going to talk about today because it is going to be huge. You're going to learn more in this next hour than you have all year. Hopefully, I didn't oversell it, but let's try to add some value, Carmen. What's up, brother? That's awesome. I like that introduction. I'll take that any day. <laughs> Happy to be here, though. <laughs> yeah, brother. It's been so long. Seriously. Uh, it's been a, roughly uh, a year or so, and so much in your life has changed, and so much in my life has changed. I feel like I'm getting to this comfortable place where we can just add value. That's what we were talking about off camera. And you got married, dude. You got a house, yeah. dude. You got you're doing marketing for mm -hmm. an agency, right? And then yep. you got your whole six figure business. I have a lot of questions to ask you, man. I want to understand okay. how Carmen operates his day, what mm -hmm. that looks like, and. And uh, let's try to teach some people some things, my friend. Yeah, I have uh, answers. Yes, sir. All right. So <clears throat> I want to start off with the uh, the media buying. So maybe give us just a little bit of context on what you're, who you're currently doing media buying for and what that looks like. And then I'll ask you some questions around that. Yeah, sure. So I'm a senior advertising manager at a tech company right now in California. So we're a technology company, but we specialize in lead generation. So we have a proprietary backend and a lead marketplace where we generate leads and then our con our clients plug directly into it and they can bid in real time. So it's taking the lead gen model and just taking it to a whole new level with all this proprietary tech and algorithms in the background 
like coming into the company, it was like super impressive and it's awesome. But so I focus on that and I'm dealing specifically with Facebook ads and TikTok ads. So paid social. And also we deal right now primarily with home services clients. So think like bathroom remodelers, kitchen remodelers, roofers, um, typically mid-market. So pretty big companies, but that's what I'm doing the, the lead gen for. Nice. So service companies. Yes, exactly. Awesome. And <clears throat> like it, the funny thing that I noticed when I was running ads for service companies is that they're really great at putting on roofs, but they're, they suck at running Facebook ads. So I think yep. <laughs> that's a good match made in heaven. So 100%. maybe explain that a little bit. Is it uh, I, I, just for my sake, is it a software that they can kind of plug into their business? What does that look like? Is that like a white label situation with like go high level or is it like a customized thing? What, what does that completely, look like? Completely customized software. So wow, you can essentially nice. look at it as a programmatic advertising or a marketplace. So they don't use the software or anything. They do log into our program essentially, but they're not you know running the ads themselves or doing that. We're doing it for them and generating wow. the leads. So they plug into it and then they can set their bid. So maybe they want to bid cost per lead for $50, let's say, and then we generate it for 40. There's that kind of arbitrage and profit we make. But because of our, you know, backend system, it's completely automated. Like we're not plugging into their CRM or downloading list. It's just all at scale and huge volume because it's automated. That that's phenomenal. And do you so mm-hmm. you mentioned that you don't plug into their CRM, but like how how are they actually getting the lead? Is that like email or are you guys nurturing, you guys taking care of all that for them? So actually, technically, it does. They can actually do what what they want with it after. So technically, it could go into their CRM, but it's also in our back end, too. So they get access pretty much however they want. So they can set it up and customize it and then get it. Oh, cool, man. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's exciting. I think the more things you can take away from a company, it just makes your offering that more slick, that more easy to say Mm -hmm. yes. And um, I have a friend who has a uh, who generates leads for car dealerships. And it's the same thing. He's taken away every single possibility for them to mess it up. And guess what? Sales are going through the roof. <laughs> He's doing exactly. everything but closing the deals for them. And uh, yeah. I, I think you could probably even do that at some point if you really wanted to, if mm-hmm. you wanted to systemize it. All right. Sure. So let's talk a little bit, some of the campaigns you set up. Um, how do you develop a successful media buying strategy for these companies? And maybe some key components we can talk about. You can keep it high level. You can go granular. It's, it's up to you. The audience is pretty robust here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like with any marketing and advertising, the first step is always process, uh, getting into the process, researching and planning. Because if you don't do that, then you end up messing up your workflow. It can be really confusing. So it's always researching the customer, the client researching their customers and their wants and needs and desires, um, looking to competitors, see what ads they're running and where they're, they're running it. And then just setting a clear objective. In our case, it's lead gen, but you know, for people mm-hmm. listening, maybe it's conversions and sales, maybe we're just going for brand lift and awareness, but you need to know what you're going after first. So I like to just do some initial research and planning and kind of set the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we can essentially determine how much budget we're putting and where. I'm mostly on Facebook and TikTok, but depending on who's listening, you might go on YouTube ads, Google ads. And then, you know, from there, really you're, you're generating or setting up the campaigns. And typically I do a lot of top of the funnel prospecting. We'll do middle of the funnel retargeting as well. Uh, mm-hmm. On Facebook, you might break it down into people that have been on your website, social engagers. You definitely want to test a lot of audiences and people that have engaged with your brand in different ways and, and see what converts and has a better CPL and, and CAC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once you actually set up the campaigns, then I, I find simpler the better, especially on Facebook. Like, I don't think you yes. have to run like hundreds of campaigns and ad sets anymore. You can honestly have like one or two and be spending one a cent months. bids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Simpler the better. 
Yeah. And, and then of course, from there, you're going for, you know, really good creatives, you know, honing in on the sales copy. And it's, it's funny because you got to do a lot of testing. There's campaigns yeah. we run where it's like pretty much stock photo creatives and it converts like crazy. But yeah. then some other, you know, target uh, audiences and, and clients, they yeah. need really thorough video creatives. And they got to go through like a much, you know, heftier process for the videos and whatnot. So you got to do a lot of testing with that. And whether it's like the AB features built right into it, or maybe you're just mm -hmm. kind of running a control versus a variant, you have to be testing your creative, your headlines, primary text. You have to do tons of that constant yep. optimization. But that's typically what I'll do. It really starts with the you know the planning and the research. We break it down into the top of the funnel and retargeting, get into like the creative testing and everything, and then take our winners, put it in a separate campaign, and just scale it up. That's that's awesome, man, and that, that mm -hmm. that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen, right there, a hundred percent. So, are you guys own the pixel then, or are you using your customers' pixel? Because what I found when we were running our agency, it was this nightmare of setting up the pixel and dealing with all that. Mm -hmm. So, are you guys keeping that in house? Because that would be great audiences yep. for you guys. Yeah, we keep everything in house. We have all the pixels, everything. So we run literally everything. Internet we have gangster, tons. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you want to own that data? Like the one thing I love with this company is like we're so data driven, and like the amount of yeah. numbers and what we have for attribution and like tracking awesome. all of our conversions and everything across the whole sales cycle. Awesome. It's just immense. You know, every day I'm just yeah. digging into the data and finding new things. But yeah, yeah. we own all of that. Okay. That's awesome. Like, dude, that's phenomenal. What what I find, and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they're like, Zach, my ads aren't working. What do I do? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I've tried everything. I've tried absolutely everything. That's what they say. I'm like, awesome. Show me your account. I show them their account. They're like, ran one test. Yeah. <laughs> They've spent $17 <laughs> and haven't got a conversion. And there's this, uh, like, I, I don't know. It's like they're they're afraid to pull the trigger, right? Like they'll, yeah. I've, I've even seen some people that will create a lot of ads. They will do all these things, but then they'll run it for a day and then, mm -hmm. then stop it. So it's like, that was the the biggest problem that I saw in my agency is that people were kind of afraid to do the advertising. Do you guys have a systematic way that you guys do the testing? Because I think that is like, that's the secret. Like someone's going to come to me and be like, Hey, my ads aren't working. I'm going to be like, it's not that I'm a super smart guy. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to pull up my sleeves and I'm going to test everything I possibly can twice. And, and make sure mm -hmm. that we find that how much budget you have will depend on how fast we can get to that result. But that's all we did with our agency is test, test, and yeah. test some more. H how do you guys implement that for your clients? Yeah, that's you got to look at the budget too, because obviously you don't want to do a huge test and then burn it all. So you got to look at 100%. the budget, have a certain percentage of that for uh, for testing. And sure. for us, we always have an ongoing uh, testing campaign, let's say on Facebook. So every one to two weeks, we put in new creative and sales copy, watch how it does. And then you have to be pretty ruthless about cutting out the losers right away. Like as soon as something's not working, just get rid of it. If you really think maybe, you know, Facebook didn't allocate enough budget, you could put into like a different ad set, maybe yeah. give it, you know, with shadow of the doubt. But for the most part, yeah, you want to set apart a very specific percentage of your budget, budget to testing, always have uh, a testing campaign running, constantly test different variations, and then just don't turn it off too early because you, you might burn a little bit of money. And, you know, the conversions aren't good, CPL is high, but you, know, you got to let the machine learning do what it does best. It's learning. Oh, no. And that's why also a simpler campaign structure is better because then you're not feeding it tons of data and it gets confused and takes weeks or months to really figure it out. So have that budget, have the testing okay. campaign constantly going, but just feed it maybe. Um, for example, I like the 322 method, three uh, creatives, two headlines, two primary text in a dynamic uh, creative uh, campaign. And that'll get you data really fast. And you'll find a winner. You take the yep. post ID, you put in a separate campaign and you just scale it up. Yeah. Awesome. And you guys yeah. are using dynamic, right? 
I use dynamic for testing. Yeah. I love dynamic for testing. I oh, think it is when they first came out with dynamic, there was this big, like uh, a large portion of media buyers were like, uh, you know, I have this crazy testing method that I use and I didn't resist it. And that was mm -hmm. one of the main reasons we were so successful with profitable ads. We got mm -hmm. massive returns because I could do what they were doing in a fraction of the time with a fraction yes. of the budget. And, and there's things that like just testing the, the headline, for example, right. Or the description, it's like, I may be changing the creative, but I would just leave that before. Yep. And then dynamic allows you to figure all that stuff out. Uh, a fever's pitch. I love it. Are your guys mostly, or your clients rather, uh, national or local level? So it's actually all in the United States. We have coverage um, yes. and about like hundreds of thousands of zip codes. Really, it's it's, it's a really big scale. So, but it's all in the U.S. Oh. So, do the uh, majority of your clients are they on like a small scale, like uh, a local city, for example, of like uh, Chicago versus somebody who's like got a national campaign? Uh, there's a mixture. Like we have like mid-market that might cover, you know, hundreds of, of zip codes, maybe. It could be smaller ones, but typically nice. we deal uh, with mid-market. So they're larger. Nice. Nice. No, that's cool, man. Do you guys ever look at running zip code uh, campaigns where you're going after like the affluent markets and getting the right people in there? Oh, we do all stuff? the time. Yeah. Because uh, oh, with our okay. data and everything, like everything we have, we know down to the exact zip code, how much revenue per lead we're getting from here, from there. And then we can just optimize for that, run certain ad sets for very specific uh, DMAs and zips yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, we take advantage of all of that. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And your system kind of compresses all that and gives you that data in a nice, easy to implement format. That's phenomenal. Yeah, tons of data. Not, I don't know if it would be easy to format. It's definitely, you know, tons of Tableau pages and reports, but lots to navigate. Well, simple for the dude. Yeah. Like, so in, in my book, I am literally, I have uh, the spreadsheet that we use to run our agency and that's mm -hmm. included with that. And I've just kind of beefed it up. You'd be surprised how many people running ads have absolutely nothing, dude. And mm -hmm. when I hear you have a software, I, I, cause I envisioned having a software like that when I was running my mm -hmm. agency, I was just never able to put all the pieces together. And uh, what I found is even just having basic stuff, like like this one thing that I uh, we made all of our media buyers do was uh, track the daily numbers manually and mm -hmm. everything skyrocketed as far mm -hmm. as conversion rate and everything. Why? Because they're in the accounts. Like they can, they can see what's happening. And, and we paid, uh, oh, I think it was called Supermetrics. We paid a small fortune to this company to pull and pull all of our data. But what ended up happening is that the media buyer would never look at it. Yeah. <laughs> like it would just, it, it was great for the clients and stuff, but they were like, oh, I don't know. And then we would have a high level uh, report where you could see like, this is down. Why is this down? And then we'd have to drill down. But if you mm -hmm. have them in the account doing that manually, and I guess <clears throat> it's not very scalable. That's probably one of the roadblocks I run into. But mm -hmm. if you're running your own ads, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. So mm -hmm. you, are you able to give us an example of a successful company that you've done this for and kind of what that looks like? You can do give as much detail or as little as you want. And just so somebody can get a general idea of like, I have a service company. I want to get more leads uh, mm -hmm. and implement that for either themselves or have you guys do it. Yeah, so we got a couple, you know, a couple things uh, we could talk about. One would actually be a bathroom remodeling company. So, you know, this is a higher ticket service. If you think of bathroom remodeling, you know, it can be really expensive. So don't be too scared if you get a higher cost per lead at first, because obviously if you're selling, you know, a $10,000 bathroom, it's not abnormal to get a pretty high CPL because the ROI can yeah. be amazing. So don't what get too scared of that. High, what would be a high one for you? Just sort of high one? I, I mean, based on what I we have, don't have now, any... anything... You yeah, you know, I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, when you think that, say, past maybe $60 would be quite high. You can get it a lot lower and still okay. get good quality. But once again, even if it is kind of high, if you're getting that ROI, yeah. that's still good. And you can still improve it over time. 100%. What does low look like for you guys? Like, uh, what's low can the, be once you're totally dialed at 20? Nice. Even lesser than that was still good quality, wow. but on average, about 20. Wow, that's phenomenal. Okay, sorry to interrupt your story. I'll let you flow. It's just, just for my curiosities. Yeah, so the first example, yeah. So it'd be bathroom remodeling. And with that campaign, um, for example, I think we're spending about like 1.5K a day. Nothing crazy, but a decent, decent budget. And yeah. then, you know, with that, we have about 35% profit margin for that uh, remodeler. And we're only running about one campaign. You know, we're using dynamic creative, like we talked about three creatives, two headlines, two primary text, constantly testing new creatives and copy, put it into a separate campaign that has CBO, campaign budget optimization. It's uh, non-dynamic. And then we just scale it up. So, but that's having really good profit margin. The CPL is constantly dropping. Conversion rate recently has been like nine, 10% really high. And the campaign's just crushing it. And it's, wow. it's, it's very simple. It's very simple to set up, to scale, to manage. They yeah. barely have to look at it. So it's, it's a great yeah. kind of approach to the whole thing. That's phenomenal. And I, I think Facebook wants it that way. Google wants it that way. All of these companies want it that way. They want it to be very simple. And because that's what you're doing for your customers, essentially, is you're simplifying it even more. And then you guys yes. got to handle the technical stuff. And what I'm finding and what I'm seeing as a trend is that as a platform, it's simplifying as well, even more. Uh, I don't think it could be so simple that people would just start running ads themselves. I think there's still this this fear and agencies are definitely not going anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's the trend is, is to simplify. And I think, and I'm seeing this in AI as well with chat, you see, and, and you're a copywriter. So you probably know there was this, like, I was in this group meeting and there's about 60 people and they were all like, we're going to lose our jobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's over. And I was like, uh, wait a minute. The only way you're going to lose your job is if you don't utilize AI, like that's it, like become faster, become more efficient. And I, I think that's just a trend for the digital space as a whole. Man. You have to keep up. You have to keep up with the tools, the tech, because you know what? The AI stuff is great. Yeah. I use it every single day for everything, copy, ads, you name it. But you still need to use it. It's a tool. Like you need to know how to use it. Somebody's got to use it. So if you're a writer, you're not going to be you know, obsolete. You just yeah. have to use that in your tool set to, to service clients. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. So uh, that being said, we were talking about how things are getting simplified. What's on the other hand? What's on the other side? What type of challenges are you facing uh, buying as much media as you are right now for your customers and for your clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always obstacles with advertising, like your uh, creative fatigue, the platforms change, things like that. Obviously, iOS 14 was a huge game changer for everything. And before I joined this company, they actually stopped using Facebook for a good couple of years because it was almost just unusable with our clients and the industry, the CPL was too much, you know, we're spending 20,000 a day at one point, but then just had to stop using it overnight. It just became, you know, really unprofitable and the quality was dropping, but I've been able to come in and, you know, scale up paid social profitable. Cause if you know how the, the, you know, the platform works, you listen to Facebook and their team, you can figure out how to use it. Well, and we do, but obviously you have those things that are kind of out of your control, like the platforms and channels changing, but creative fatigue, you know, your copy maybe starts, uh, stops working, things like that. And then specifically with our industry though, obviously it's higher ticket. So at first it's not abnormal to have the really high CPL, CPC, and like, you know, some campaigns or ad groups just don't work and you're burning a little bit of budget, but you just have to stick to the system, be patient, keep testing, and you'll get those little wins week over week and then scale it up when it does work. So there's always like those kind of little and and big problems that come along the way. That's the whole point of business, right? You have to be a problem solver and be ready for that. And you can't get comfortable. 
even if your campaigns are crushing it, everything's great. You got to be ready for that problem to, to come Dude, up. Dude, this is why I reach out to you when I have a problem, man, because you're always just, <laughs> just figure it out, man. You got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, it, it's just improving. Even, even the challenges, in, in my opinion, are like, there's no such thing as failure, right? Yes. You're always learning. And uh, I just did a podcast last week where I was talking about, I uh, kind of gave behind the scenes of my book launch and what that looks like. And I'm like, I haven't launched it yet, but I can guarantee you there's going to be about 10 things that go wrong. Mm-hmm. Easy. Of course. But I'm not going to stop, man. Like mm-hmm. you, you cannot put a big enough wall in front of me. I'm going to run through that. And That's uh, it. I posted this morning on Facebook, actually, I was talking about uh, getting started is more important than perfection. And yep. I spent so long trying to be get things perfect that it just takes away so much time and energy away from what you're trying to build and what you're trying to grow, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's taking absolutely- action is just the main thing. Just get it out there, whatever it is, content ads, just launch it. Just get it out there, you know, refine it after. It'll yes. never be perfect. It'll no. never be perfect. No, man. And it you're you're gonna fail. <laughs> like you, you want to be in the entrepreneur. Like, I think the best entrepreneurs just understand that and they become really good at failing really fast. Yeah. And they're just, they take it on the chin. Like, so mm-hmm. uh, recently, little side story, my son started riding his bike. Okay. And mm-hmm. he is uh, seven. So he's a little late to the party, but he was always intimidated by it. And uh, the first time he's out there, he falls, he cries, he holds his knee, you know, like dad, what was me? This absolutely sucks. And I'm like, okay, buddy, we got to get out there. We got to try it again. Let's go. And then, so he tries it again, you know, next day, a little bit better, a little bit better. Day three, a little bit better. Day four, day five. We were just down uh, at the beach at this uh, provincial park called Brunel. And he is riding on the beach, loving life, man. And and I explained that concept to him of like, hey, you know, we need to fail first in order to, yeah, to be get successful. Up. And that's like probably one of the most, like I'm, that's when you have kids uh, and if that's on the dock for you, it's so cool because you can instill that growth mindset into them. And it is absolutely phenomenal. And it's the exact same in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We just need to be okay with failure. <laughs> and yeah. like, I think we need to just move our egos out of the way because just like when my son scraped his knee, he's like, oh, I'm better than this. I can do all that story is just BS. Get back up on that bike and start pedaling, man. You got to take one step back to take a bigger jump. You need those fails and those losses. And sometimes they're meant to be. Like when you look yeah. back at it, you're like, actually, you know what? I needed that product to fail or that thing not to happen to be where I am yeah. now. I think I'm a little crazy because I look for it now. I'm like, where, yeah, where yeah. can I fail? Like, where am I going to do this? <laughs> I just kicked me right in the head. Like, I love yeah. it. <laughs> Let's go. Because yeah. I know that if I do that enough, I'm like, doors will just open. I was, uh, I was so hesitant to uh, reach out to bigger entrepreneurs, right? Even for this show. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if anybody really cared. And then one day I was just like, worst case scenario, they say no. Doors just open just like any other door. It's like getting out yeah. there, put your ego aside. You are enough, build it up. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to you for a little bit here. Um, you also run a six-figure side business, just a six-figure side business, not yeah. a big deal. I'm just buying like hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars of media <laughs> and running a side business that does six figures. Uh, what motivated you to start your side business? And uh, what, what led you to identify that opportunity? What does that look like, my friend? Yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur. Like since I was a little kid, I was that kid, you know, yeah, selling yeah. trading cards, <laughs> the lemon, lemonade stand. I was always like that. And uh, it's actually funny though, because I started out self-employed. I was freelancing. I was running an agency with our buddy, Evan, and uh, doing other little ventures. Shout and out to I Evan. Evan's awesome, man. <laughs> shout out to Evan. I'm sure he'll watch this. 
Um, but then I ended up pivoting to corporate. So I kind of did the opposite. Most people like have a job, they start the business and then they go full time on the business. I had the business and then I went to corporate. And it was interesting because when I first started doing freelance writing, mostly in marketing, yeah. I was really passionate about writing, marketing. And I was thinking about like, why don't I just do that for companies? And I fill that gap. You know, I enjoy it. I'm strong at it. I'm passionate about it. And they need that service, right? Like there's a gap in their knowledge. Maybe they don't have the time. And that's really what doing a service or business is. You're just solving that problem. Yeah. You're saving them the effort and the time and you're getting results with it, especially with media buying, copywriting. You can actually drive like real bottom line, actual conversions and revenue. Um, but I really looked at like my strengths, what I'm passionate about, that kind of yeah. gap in the market as well. And you have to balance those two things. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And it... I don't find that there's a set path. I've done everything backwards, man, <laughs> my entire mm -hmm. life. And everybody's like, that's not the way you do it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like breaking things over here. And uh, even when I got married, I had kids before I got married. I did absolutely everything yeah. uh, absolutely backwards. And we're in the process of looking at a cottage. So I'm going to buy a cottage before mm -hmm. I have my main residence because it's <laughs> going to be an income property. Like I do yeah, everything yeah. backwards. I can't help it. Uh, but it seems to work and I find my way. Uh, what are some of the big challenges you find with quote unquote balance? First off, what is it? What do you think about balance? Does balance exist? Yeah. yeah. What, what is to, that? to an extent? Yeah. What does to that look like for you? sure? So for me, it's all about having really good like time management skills, like having a system mm -hmm. in place, having a schedule. Like me, I'm a morning person. I've been that way forever. I wake up five, five 30 AM every day. It's good like my, my best time. It's when I'm the most focused. I feel my best. You don't have to wake up early. Like there's obviously like billionaires that wake up probably like 10 a.m. So yeah. it's just like whatever works for you and like your body. But I love waking up early. What's nice about that is I get a good like four hours or so to work on my business. And yeah. then nine to five, I can work my job. And then evenings and weekends, like we're doing now, I can do other ventures, work on my own stuff. So that's kind of the balance I find. But yeah. also you got to work smarter. So I love Asana for managing all my projects and my tasks, yeah. like personal too. Like I have a personal assignment on my business yeah, yeah. and then I put all my projects in there, deadlines. And then it gives me like a nice overview of everything I have to do when it's, you know, the, the deadline is, um, cause the mind it's really good for being creative and coming up with ideas, but yeah. not keeping them. You can't just kind of come with an idea, store it in there. You got to get it somewhere. Hey. So I was just saying this to someone. I said, the biggest mistake I've ever made is not writing down all of my ideas that I've learned from books and podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've started doing that. I have like 10, but I should have a hundred. And that is gold. Cause I, when I'm mm -hmm. getting stuck or I'm feeling like I just need to get stuff rolling again, I go back to my old ideas, man. So that mm -hmm. that's a hundred percent, man. That's a hundred percent. If someone would come to you and you're a coach as well, right? Like what is, let's talk about your side business. What is it and who do you serve? Yeah, sure. So originally I was doing a lot of services, mostly like copywriting, marketing, but as of yep. a year ago, year and a half, I pivoted fully to my online courses and essentially coaching and helping people become writers, copywriters, and like uh, make a living online, essentially. And I mostly target and work with freelancers and people that are already in the marketing world, but maybe they want to be a better web copywriter, email copywriter for their job. So that's yep. typically who uh, my students are. And I have a few courses right now, mostly just teaching people different forms of copywriting or the freelance side and like, you know, actually making a living uh, online uh, doing it. And I do that through Teachable. I have a private Discord where we also talk about stuff and mastermind. That's been a lot of fun and that's been a newer addition, but that's essentially the business model that I focus on now. And it allows me just to help people at scale. I can create content. And it's just yeah. a nice way, like you said, to serve, but like with massive volume because we're yes. using the internet. 
Yes, I love that, man. I think that's great. And where was there a, like a pivotal moment where you're like, I am not going to be doing service anymore. I'm going all in on courses. What did that look like for you? And then I have a, a secondary question. What would uh, a listener, if they wanted to make that transition, what would that look like? If they're like, Coach mm -hmm. Armin, help me out, dog. What do I need to yeah. do? What would you tell them? <laughs> yeah, for me, it was um, what I think is that sometimes like things come into your life or you do things and they serve their purpose and then you can move on to the next thing. So for me, that was definitely freelancing and writing. Like I owe so much of my success, my whole journey to like those several years where I was writing and dealing with clients because yes. it just grew me into a completely different person. Like uh, entrepreneurship was definitely like, uh, what do they say? Self-development in disguise. Like it just transformed me. Okay. It allowed me to amass six figures, a brand, a name for myself, and just completely yes. turned me into the person that I am today. But then eventually, you know, I did launch an online course because I just wanted to diversify and generate some passive income and help people yeah. that way if they didn't need like the actual service. Yeah. But then I loved it so much. Like my intuition and my heart just told me like, I think it would be the best if I went down that route especially, you know, having a job too. Like I need something that's a bit easier to manage on the side. So naturally I think online education just makes sense. And like, that's yeah. what my, my audience wanted to. It was converting like crazy. Everyone's giving me like really good feedback and love about it. And it was just, it was just a natural, the ne uh, next best step. That, that's phenomenal, man. And if somebody mm -hmm. is right now in the grind of, because I came to a point of where I, and I love buying ads. I love creating ads, but there was a point when I'm like, I don't want to buy ads anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I hired someone. I was like, I don't want to manage people that buy ads anymore. I know. And like, so what do you say to your, uh, your students when they're trying to make that, that jump from providing mm -hmm. service to adding value? Does happening uh, simultaneously or are they making the big jump? What does that look like to you? And, and what do you normally teach? What I recommend is what I did. It's obviously different for everybody in your life and your goals. But what I did and what I yep. recommend is you you slowly do it, slow pivot and be smart about it. Like for me, I was copywriting full time. So I didn't want to just drop all my clients overnight. I have no money and then go all in on courses. So what I did was I scaled up the courses, more traffic, you know, promoting mm -hmm. them more. And as, you know, month over month, the, the sales were more consistent. I would let go of a client. It grew a little bit more and let go of a client. So I hedged it to where, my income didn't really change that much, but by the right. time I was making the equivalent, I could just go full time on that. So just be smart about it. Don't do anything too drastic is what I recommend. And just, you know, let yeah. it be a gradual pivot. Even if it takes a year, you know, that's probably a, the best way to go about it. Yeah. And, and I, I would agree 110%. I think people are in a rush. They want to have things a certain way. And I am a very mm -hmm. like all in type of person. So I struggle with that. Like there's, there's points in my life where I'm just like, I'm done with this <laughs> on to the yeah, next. Yeah. And it's not the best way to do it. Uh, but again, everybody's a little bit different and everybody needs to consider what their options are and what's in the best interest for them. But I, I fully agree, man. I think that mm -hmm. process is, uh, it was for me anyways, kind of this natural transition. And I found, I don't know about you, but I found like that putting in the, the quote unquote grind is literally the treasure that allowed me to sell my info. Now, like if mm -hmm. I didn't do that and I see so many people trying to skip that step of being like, they're like, all right, I want an info business. I'm going to go straight into that, not actually yeah. learn how to deliver results. Cause if you can deliver mm -hmm. results, uh, yourself in a service format, you can definitely deliver, uh, deliver results through your teaching. Mm -hmm. well, you need the wisdom to teach. You need the experience, right? You 100%. can't teach without it. 
hundred percent. I think that's overlooked, right? Like, and if you find yourself in a position where you're like, Hey, I, I want to create some content, do what Carmen said, you know, put it out on the side and, uh, mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. And I, I think this opportunity that we have the internet to be able to coach and teach, it's only going to get bigger. I, I don't see any fundamental changes unless an AI or some crazy technology comes in place. I think we're set for about 10 years or so until something sure. really shakes up the industry, um, which I don't know. So uh, running a side business and working full time, do you have any words of advice if somebody's trying to like hedge that, uh, do the side hustle thing? What's the most valuable lesson that you've learned during that process for yourself, man? Yeah, let's say one is you have to you have to double down and focus as much as possible. Because like the mistake I made early on was I was trying to do freelancing, run an agency, do affiliate marketing, like trade stocks. I was trying to do like everything all at once, <laughs> and you just end up having all before lunch. <laughs> yeah, all, all before lunch before everything else. So you end up half committed. Nothing really way. grows yeah. as fast as it could. So you know. Even if you have a job and a business, that's great. But like, don't try to have like five businesses and a job or whatever it is. Like, narrow it down as much as possible because then it grows yes. so much faster and yes. it simplifies it. It makes it just more clear every day. Like, here's what I'm working on. You have one target audience, one thing to market, not like ten things. So yes. make sure you're doing that and just simplify kind of your day to day and what you're focusing on. That's huge. Let that sink in focus. It, and it's funny because everyone's like, Oh, I can focus. Oh, I can focus on one things. Mm-hmm. I saw this one. Um, I think it was Dan Henry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He yeah. is in the click funnel world. Uh, I bought one of his programs and he literally drew a circle. And in that circle, he's like, this is your focus. He's like, how many things are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm doing this, this, this. And then he just divided it up and he's like, Oh, yeah. and cut that in half because you're sleeping half the time. And then cut that. And you realize yeah. you're only putting in like 10, 15% into something if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. And um, doing a, a select few things well is is like is the secret to, to winning. Um, but I think that you need to become a person to to be able to execute on that focus. That's not, that's not something that's just like, I'm gonna focus today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it becomes a party. You gotta build that person. And I want to talk to you about personal development because we both mm-hmm. love personal development. We're both working, we're always uh, trying to improve. Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate mindfulness, health, fitness uh, into your daily routine? And how have those practices influenced your success? Yeah, those are some of my my biggest priorities day to day in my life, you know, um, yeah. exercise, like health and fitness. Like I work out every single day, seven days a week. My wife and I go to the gym every day together. It's like one of our hobbies. Nice. I'll do like weights a few times. Power couple, few man. Times. Power couple. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, we just work out, but working out and like keeping healthy, like that gives you so much energy and then you can focus and you feel good. You look good. It all works in a full, full circle. And then we're eating healthy too. I eat yes. really clean. I fast every day, which is also really good for you. Nice. It has tons of benefits. So yeah, if you take care of yourself physically, that's, you know, it, it will give you a boost mentally. That's yes. going to help you focus, get more done, get more inspiration. Um, mindfulness is also really big for me day to day. I like to meditate every day, visualize my goals, and like, you know, feel how it would be to actually experience it. And right. I try to be as present as I can every single day, live in the moment. Um, yes. And I'll study people like Eckhart Tolle and, and that kind of material and philosophy. That's been really yes. huge for me. And then but all those things, yeah, to make you feel good, work harder, stay focused, and you don't get burned out which is very important over the long term. Yeah. Yeah. No, great answer, man. I, I think that it's in the more like 
high level masterminds. It's like all people talk about is basically taking care of themselves and, and doing that. One thing that I found by doing that at first, like my whole family was kind of like, what are you doing? I, they didn't understand the fasting, especially that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no alcohol was kind of like weird at some social gatherings, like yeah. you're not having drinks. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. not, not today. And there was just these couple little things. But what I started looking at it as like a self-care in, in general yeah. And you start to like that person, man. Like oh, you yeah. really do. You're like, shit, I'm worth all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. that gave me the energy to be like, it doesn't matter what these people are thinking. I already know I can focus on this. I'm like, so for example, for this podcast, I'm like, dude, I'll do this for 10 years. I don't care if it makes a single mm-hmm. cent. I will do it every week, week in, week out. And I'm ready to do that grind and provide that value. And, I, and for me, it, it stems from that. Did you find the same thing for you? Oh, 100%. Especially when you start to get like some uh, results, like actually yeah. see yourself looking better, feeling better. Like it just gets addicting. You just want to keep it going. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It does. I'm always like, babe, feel my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh my God. Why are you yeah. doing this? Oh, God. Uh, you, you mentioned. So you mentioned your relationship. How is imp- how important has that? And you've recently got married. Congratulations! Yes, I'm you. excited for you, dude. Uh, I, I've been with my partner for 15 years now, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do without her. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. how much of an impact has that had on your ability to work your job, run your business, and then still do all these personal development things? Oh, immensely. You know, behind every great man is a great woman. And, you know, with my wife, like she supports me, encourages me. She's just as ambitious, which is perfect. Because you want to have the same goals and that kind of same level of drive. So if you have somebody with you that can push you and encouraging you, you're going to make it that much further. But I remember reading a study recently on um, happiness. And they actually said the greatest indicator was your quality of relationships around you. So I've always been really good at like, you know, or really focused on like hanging around good people like you, our friend Ian, uh, Evan, just surrounding myself with like positive, ambitious people. Like that's so key for like, you know, being happy, being successful. I go to my way to network, you know, go to um, like the Chamber of Commerce events. I just recently joined an angel investing group. So I meet people there and just being around people that are like-minded. That's, that's so huge. Yes. Yes. Cause especially in entrepreneurship, it almost like you're on an Island at first. You're like, why am I getting all these crazy ideas? I don't know what to do. I'm all jacked up on uh, caffeine and YouTube videos. You got really nowhere to put that. So yeah, I agree. I think relationships are extremely important. And so my wife is the opposite of me, but she's my anchor because I can go way out and be like, you know, super optimistic and I'm creating all these things and I'm doing 10 different things at the same time. But she's like, focus focus mm-hmm. and uh she's my counterweight that way and and i need it because i have tons of energy and i just mm-hmm. need to be directed in the right way i'm kind of like uh, a puppy dog that way and i'm like let's yeah. go uh mm-hmm. get it sorted awesome man awesome so i kind of want to just wrap up with um let's leave what's one habit or technique that somebody could implement right now. Let's say they think like personal development is total BS. You know, they're like, eh, you know, I'm going to eat cheeseburgers and, you know, I'm drinking Diet Coke. I'm doing my thing over here. What's <laughs> a piece of advice that we could give to them that's super actionable that they can implement and start seeing an impact um, right away in their life and their business? A big paradigm shift for me recently, actually, that's been like huge is uh, just keeping things simple. You know, I used to operate in like so many Google Docs, spreadsheets. I'd be using so many different tools and just making everything like way more complex than it used to be. But as the past, like maybe six months, just recently, I've been simplifying like everything in business and my personal life. And it's made me feel so much better. It's like more clarity. I'm getting more done. 
Like for mm. instance, my goal spreadsheet, like my personal goals, it used to be like 50 in there. And I'd mm. have like charts and all these numbers. Like it was just like way more complicated <laughs> than it needs to be. And like, it yeah. just looked like super awesome to look yeah. at. But yeah. now I just, I, I stripped it down. There's maybe like 10 goals in there. And you're it's like, like really I, simple to look at. You're like Iron Man. You're like Jarvis, bring yeah. up the goals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. All spreadsheets, like it just looked awesome. It yeah. looked like, like a stock chart or something. But, but now it's just a simple spreadsheet. I got my yeah. goals, how I'm going to achieve them. Oh, and that's man. it. And it just, it makes it beautiful. But I've done that in everything. Like even um, you've seen with my business now, instead of trying to do like, blogging email youtube podcast whatever i'm just focusing on youtube now i'm growing yep. a youtube channel i'm speaking yep. to more beginners and i'm just focusing on the online education so i'm not doing a million things at once even Love inside it. the business you can focus and simplify Love not it. just like on a macro scale um or even like my morning routine it used to be really long like i'll do tons of stuff now it's like 15 minutes you know i meditate i visualize um, i'll look at my calendar everything i'm doing for the day maybe read a list of things i'm grateful for get dressed, throw, you know, get some coffee going and I'm jumping into work. So like, you know, right. exercise, same thing, like not overcomplicating it, just like weights, cardio, eat good. And then that's yeah. it. That, that is phenomenal advice. And at a surface level, you're like, well, how do I simplify it? Just think about it. Like how I always use that, uh, keep it simple, stupid. That's what I always say yeah. to myself for that kiss. And I, I've done the exact same thing. And it's been an absolute game changer because mm -hmm. if you carry too much, again, it comes down to that focus. You're carrying too much stuff in your head. You are going yeah. to struggle. And the more things you carry, the heavier it is and the harder it becomes. And, you know, we're human beings, even though we think that we're going to live forever, we're not, you know what I mean? Like nothing is ever going to be absolutely perfect. So you just need to accept that and take a breath and say, what's one thing that I can do consistently over time that doesn't feel too hard to do. And you know, mm -hmm. have paid big dividends. That's like, for me, it was the podcast, right? Like I, yeah. I can do this till I'm blue in the face, man. And it doesn't feel like work. And um, I think that's what you guys need to do. Carmen, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can the people you. find you, man? Like what, I guess YouTube or, or where do you want to send yeah. them, my friend? So there's my website, carmenmasterapiero.com. And you find everything on there. But if you look on social media, uh, Coach Carmen, you'll find Coach me Carmen. on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, I'm everywhere, even YouTube. Look up Coach Carmen on there, but you can find me that way. Dude, follow this man. He's super smart. He works very hard. He knows exactly what he's talking about. I always go to him when I need something and uh, he's, He's a great friend too. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. See you in the next one. Peace. Right, see you. Right, all right, all right. That was absolute fire. To say I had fun recording this is an absolute understatement. From how to run ads at a high level, the testing that he was talking about, two by threes, let's go. His six-figure side business, let's go. I mean, just the personal development stuff that we were talking about is worth its weight in gold. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, listening to this episode. I absolutely loved creating it. And if you did appreciate it, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and comment. I appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next. Peace.